The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here's Brandon. Welcome back to Old Space Show. I'm Brandon, and this is my companion, Rachel. (laughs) This series of Old Space Show follows the story-by-story time-traveling adventures of the Six Doctor and Perry Brown during Season 23 of Doctor Who, dubbed The Trial of a Time Lord, Colin Baker's second year in the role. Today... We will be discussing the story comprised of episodes 5, 6, 7, and 8, known as Mind Warp. Rachel, I'm going to put something in the chat. Just read it. As the trial of the Doctor continues, evidence is presented showing his most recent adventure, where he faces an old adversary, Syl. As a scientist conducts his unethical experiments to prolong the life of Syl's boss, Kiv, the doctor's memory of the events begin to return, and an unpleasant surprise awaits him. This was directed by Ron Jones, who had directed Vengeance on Varos, Frontios, Arc of Infinity, Time Flight, Black Orchid, and this is the final one he does. Written by Philip Martin, who wrote Vengeance on Varos, the Sill's father, the father of Sill, and stars Colin <laughs> Colin Baker as the Sixth Doctor, Nicola O'Brien as Perry Brown, Michael Jason as the Valyard, Linda Bellingham as the Inquisitor, and guesting here, Nabil Shaban reprising his role as Sh- uh, <laughs> Sill. Uh, Brian Bless is King Ukrano. Sill the Shill. <laughs> uh, also uh, starring Christopher Ryan and Alibay Parsons, who started the final three episodes of Space 1999. So welcome back to the show, Alibay. <clears throat> Ryan, Christopher Ryan, he repro- um, he reprises his role here as Kiv in Sill and the Devil Seas of Ardor, which came out a couple years ago. It was this random, out of nowhere, straight to video Sill movie. I didn't watch it. Did you, Rachel? Nope. No. I when we talked about Vengeance on Varos, I think I made it perfectly clear. <laughs> I do not like Syl as a character. No, no offense to to the actor, but just uh, yeah, Christopher uh, Ryan. It's Christopher Ryan though. He crossed over to Modern Who, playing Centaurin's uh, Commander Star and General Stahl. Uh, and he was in Absolutely Fabulous, uh, starred in a Mr. Bean, and was in The Young Ones. Um. So, here we are, the second piece of the trial, the present. This is where the doctor came from when the trial started. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> his memory kind of foggy about where what happened right before, so we're watching it. Uh, what was the, 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 the accusation for this one? That he was, uh, what, like, evil to his companion or uh, irresponsible with her life? Is that the accusation? Something like that. Uh, I mean, the Valyard's really just taking everything that the doctor does and (coughs) and turning it into something that he could be charged with, I guess. Right. Um, Um, As we mentioned, uh, 
Now, you know, this is the return of Syl, Rachel's favorite villain of all time. Oh, God. He's gross. It's just, and the voice it's is so gross. gross. It just, it's just gross. Yeah. But the thing I love is that Sixie here has a sort of iconic villain all to himself. Like, Syl never meets another doctor. It's definitely something for Colin's doctor. And I, 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 I kind of adore that about the, the Syl era in Doctor mm-hmm. Who. Is that oh the Collins got his own thing going like that's that's a cool thing right here. Although there's more mentors uh, than Syl this time, we get two extras: a brown one and another green one. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> the bigger one and the other one that's not Syl. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Uh, so here there's they're doing mind thing trying to transfer a brain or one of the one of the mentors trying to get his he's like dying something blah blah trying to get his brain they, into a new body their species i guess they grow to a certain size mm-hmm. and their skull assuming i guess they have a skull or whatever equivalent <clears throat> their skull becomes too small to house their brain so eventually their brains their brain essentially gets crushed i guess stops functioning because it runs out of you know suffocates at whatever however you want to medically i guess explain it but they they die because their brain and their skull you know aren't compatible anymore size wise Mm -hmm. um Mm. so they have to transfer the brain into a vessel that uh has more room right (laughs) but the problem is that uh they can't find a vessel that doesn't if they find a vessel that's too primitive the latent i guess not necessarily memories but like personality whatever the latent parts of that species Mm -hmm. stick around and make it incompatible so they need space but they also need a more advanced vessel that can handle i guess the sheer amount of knowledge and everything that is in kim's brain right so And that, yeah, that's it's a lot of medical science mumbo jumbo, right? And when we when we enter this, we find that there's, and all this takes place in underground caverns uh, and stuff. So it's all underground, um, as every evil scientist is want to do. I mean, this is the epitome of the Scooby doing running through through corridors that Doctor Who is uh, typically gets mm-hmm. uh, joked on about. But I adore that, and I love to see how differently different ways they can dress these up um we do this uh through the brain thing we this is how we meet king ukranos which is mm-hmm. brian blessed um post flash gordon brian blessed when uh, which is partially why he got this job yeah uh when we had when i talked about him twice now on space 1999 it was both were pre uh, <clears throat> flash gordon but this post and he's a presence here, as he always is, and he's always a thousand percent in. He thinks mm-hmm. he's on stage going to the balcony, the back of the balcony, but we wouldn't love him if it wasn't for that. 
Gross! Yes, they are. <laughs> Gordon uh, is alive. I mean, Perry is alive. And uh, if you ask me, he makes out good by the end of this story. But that's me. Um, so he's end uh, of this story or the end of the entire trial? Oh, I guess the entire trial. End yeah. of the entire trial. <laughs> uh, so uh, this basically, so they wind up, they find these mutants that are down below, like these rat werewolf people things that are really creepy looking, to be honest with you. Just, experiment, failed experiment, cast-offs. Yes. For Doctor Who, a show that's usually really well lit, these things come off dark and grisly and just sweaty, like dirty. Like it's really well done. Um, and no you keep sign them in of... the dark, so then they can't see how bad the makeup actually is. Fair, but it's effective. <laughs> yeah. It's effective. Um, we also the Doctor is evil for much of this. Um, so he has to torture Perry stuff and that's the kind of thing of like is he playing the long con is he sometimes mm-hmm. bad is he is it working somewhat and wears off it's kind of up for debate yeah. it's kind uh, of up, that, that, like if it was any other doctor you could almost in any other companion combination you could almost be like well obviously the doctor is playing the long game you know mm-hmm. playing along with the bad guys to get in and figure out how to stop this mm-hmm. evil, you know, this evil plot from continuing. <clears throat> yep. However, this doctor, if you remember, if you go back and listen to us talk about the start of Colin Baker's run, mm-hmm. right. this doctor in this particular companion, this doctor has already tried to kill Perry. Right. With his own bare hands. So I could under a lot of times I get very frustrated with, with Perry because she is supposed to be smart. Like you said, with the previous episode, she's a, mm-hmm. she's a student of botany. She obviously is smart about some things. There are plenty of times where Perry is just like, you know, if you just stop for a second and put one and one together, you'll get two. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of, instances i'm like perry just think and it takes just a little bit of common sense and observation and you can figure out what what the doctor is doing what's going on here but, but look, in this if we look where perry came from though when we were first yeah. introduced to her with her relationship with her stepfather or something was yeah. rather toxic and she was like she's got an issue somewhere with male father figure-esque types so Yes, that that is true. Granted, that's but, me putting that together. That might not be what's shown on the screen all the time, but right, yeah, or what was but that, thought that's, at the time. That's always been one of my, you know, I love Nicola Bright. She's mm-hmm. a sweetheart. You know, I've, I've met her as Chicago Tardis. She's absolutely, you know, a doll. Um, and um, and she and Colin to this day are just like thick of thieves. They're just like, you know, Sylvester and, and Sophie, uh, you know, just the dangerous combination having mm-hmm. those two together anywhere. Um, but that's one thing that's always annoyed me with Perry is she just like, you know, she does not seem to have much in the way of like analytical skills, I guess, <laughs> unless it involves plants. Um, but in this particular case, the doctor seemingly to turn on her and her genuinely believing it. I 
cannot fault her because this doctor has literally tried to kill her. Right. And tortures her in this one as well. It's like, wow, we're back to here now, huh? I mean, it's just a little bit of torture, but, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Still. Right. In this case, it, it is not helping the doctor's case and definitely helping the Valyard's case. (laughs) <laughs> right, yeah, and there's a lot of stuff. Like, where's Perry? What? Oh, keep watching, Doctor. Yeah, uh, like, oh, you. She's presumably where you left her. Well, let's find out where you left her. Yeah, uh. <laughs> and right. So there's also these like pink dinosaur head creatures that get involved in this one too. Towards the end, what are they called? I can't remember. They bring in. There's like, yeah. Oh my, bad research. But yeah. They show up at the end with a hood on, things like that. King Ukranus and the doctor have a back and forth yeah. throughout this too that's entertaining because it's Blessed versus Colin Baker. And he's like, yeah, oh, kill me after this, or we can duel after this. As the doctor seemingly comes to, but then is playing. Like it's it's interesting. And they want, you know, Sil recognizes Perry. He's like, Oh, I like to do experiments on her. She's perfect. And, you know, it's funny with each still episode is like a something to disfigure or change the look of Nicole Bryant uh, with her episodes. Um, this one. Yeah, the minute the minute Perry saw saw Syl, she should have been like, yeah, I'm back. Go and locking the door. <laughs> Last time I got turned into a bird. Right. <laughs> and this time she gets her head shaved yes. um, or a bald cap put on her head. Um not actually going to shave off Nicola's beautiful brown hair. Yeah. Which, uh, in the, the course of things, still succeeds. Uh, they get the brain transplant and effectively killing Perry. And uh, she, Nicola Bryant's like, oh, blah, blah, with the voice and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, pull the, they pull the doctor out of time before this happens. And mm-hmm. they force him to watch what, what happened. And Colin's generally like, disturbed by what he sees and the fact that Perry is lost. And it's like a dark, dark moment. It's, I don't know if it's quite Adric dark, but it's effective uh, Mm -hmm. with what happens to Perry. And Nicola wanted a big, like, kill me off, do something crazy with me. And here it is like, Mm -hmm. granted, she wouldn't quite be granted that wish, but yeah, <laughs> but what they did would allow her to reprise her role for a short film for a trailer for a Blu-ray set years and years and years and years later, which is fun. <laughs> but um but yeah, Perry Perry is gone. Um and this is one of the strongest arguments of mm-hmm. the the in the Valyard's favor. Yeah. Um Well in it's like to do the brain transfer, yeah, I mean that's that Perry's body still exists, but Kiv has taken over as the the dominant yes. personality. <clears throat> um, so yeah, the the Perry that we know and have come to love is essentially gone. Um, but the way Pretty that much- they they ended is King of Crowns busts in, and he and he and Perry have kind of developed a little <coughs> thing uh, mm-hmm. while running around in the you know the. Uh, the caves and uh yeah he wants to take her back to his home planet and marry her and yeah. <laughs> make her his queen well there's a there's um, a there's a, yeah the, there's the, it, 
he comes he comes in and is like start shooting just madly and you're kind of yeah. just under the assumption that that you know he would rather see Perry's body dead i guess than yeah. have to continue to live on it's all slow motion yourself. and you go slow ah, blessed yes <laughs> I and, am Brian Blessed and I will, you know, I it will is chew over the, the scenery. It is, over the, <laughs> it is over the top to a degree that it's almost like horrifying to watch. Yeah. Like not in like an embarrassing way, but it's like it's genuinely like scary the way it slow-mos up and and having Brian, like Brian Blessed on slow-mo could be like a, a thing. Like, oh my God, this is creepy. Um, yeah. <laughs> but there is the one scene with Ukrainus, you mentioned whatever, Perry longing for being home and they talk about stuff, and so at the end of the serial, someone will take to heart that and and uh, run with it. Especially mm-hmm. a little brief moment of where he touches her on the shoulder that gets slow mode to look like a lot more. Um, but that's kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, that's the that's the end of Perry, the haunting ending of Mind Warp. Um, I will say, we talked about last time about the shot on video in the history of Doctor Who. The coolest thing, special effects or anybody shot on video happens in Mind Warp and is the opening shot of them on uh <clears throat> was it the the planet uh Thoros Beta, the pink mm-hmm. water and land and the teal sky and the little ring planet in the background and the horizon. That's amazing. That is one of the it, coolest it looking is, things. It is very otherworldly looking and it is it works. Very cool and I don't know why they made Colin and Nicholas stand ankle deep in water. Because uh, <laughs> they could, I guess. <laughs> right. But it works. And it's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Like, that's a screenshot. That's a wallpaper on your phone. That's your wallpaper in your background or something. That is. Yeah. Because a lot of times, other planets, they still have like Earth like skies. Like, maybe you will pull like a Tatooine and do like two right. suns or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to, to have it, you know, literally like different colors. It's one of the greatest yeah. images. Kind of similar to Gallifrey, sci-fi. the way Gallifrey yeah. is supposed to be where the grass is supposed to be like <clears throat> golden or golden yeah. or blue or blue, something. Yeah. And the trees are silver. So yeah. You know, the fact that they were going with something way more otherworldly looking, it's awesome. Like it and it's funny. It it's like, oh, we cool. don't spend enough time outside. We're in caverns all time. But it's very effective. Again, they spent all the money for that episode with the opening shot and <laughs> Right. Also where the money goes the costuming is all over the place in this episode. Like they have these colorful orange like surgical outfits there's bellhop attire samurai wear health spa attendant garments kids space show nights and like a hammer horror like night creature like it is here yeah there yeah and then and the mentors you know just there yeah and the mentors still disgust me the little dinosaur guy like pick a planet folks like what what is this place like is it is crazy all over the place, but yeah. for the good, for the good. Uh, Rachel, what's your thought? I think thought- somebody somewhere, somewhere at the BBC was like, 
going into various like offices and stuff and looking under like seat cushions mm. and stuff. And they come rushing back. Right. And be like, I found five pounds. Five uh, pounds. <laughs> oh, gosh. True, true. Rachel, what are, what are your overall thoughts on, on Mind Warp, the cereal? <sighs> I like most of it except for still. <laughs> <laughs> that was your review of Vengeance on Baros. Yeah, I just, I don't, oh, God. I mean, yeah, and again, I talked about this when we talked about Vengeance of Faros, the, the how disgusted I am with <clears throat> Sil, though, has mm-hmm. a lot to the approach that um, uh, Nabel uh, did when coming up with, like, Sil's voice and stuff. You know, he wanted it to be... No, not even anthropomorphized. He wanted to be like more animalistic reptilian. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he wanted it to be very unique. Um, so he's absolutely successful in that. Um, I mean, still not supposed to be a likable character anyway. No, no, so no. yeah, so it, that just adds to you're just like you're not a good person. You know, you're you're not necessarily the antagonist of this. But you're definitely just not a good person. <laughs> you're never going to be the hero uh, when it comes to to anything. Um, but just the voice just ugh, turns my stomach. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it looks the they don't necessarily bother me. It's the voice. It's just it absolutely turns my stomach. So, um, but yeah, I other than other than that, I think it's a good story. I, I think that uh, you know, bringing Brian Bless <laughs> for this is just makes it know. memorable. Yeah, it definitely makes it memorable. You know, if I, I if they hadn't brought in anybody else that wasn't going to go completely <laughs> you know balls to the wall with that, I don't think it would be nearly as fun. Um, gotcha. And considering the way it, you know, we eventually how find out how Perry Perry's story really, really, really ends the mm-hmm. official period on the end of, end of the sentence. Um, <laughs> it makes for some interesting mind where, you know, people can, uh, I know it's been expanded upon in books. I've got a, I've got a book out on the bookshelf. That's a, a you know, spoilers, a Perry and Ukraino story. <laughs> Ukraine, Ukraine, the Ukrainos and I, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, that it expands upon that. So, gotcha. um, but and uh, and the way that it's supposedly, you know, Perry's story beyond this has been expanded upon in the EU, and it just <laughs> makes it makes for some very visual, in, you know, <laughs> interesting visuals gotcha. when you start thinking about it. But we can talk about that when we get to the the very end of it right on. um yeah. and you know uh, one of the things i love about the sixth doctor is the fact that yeah yeah i mean him strangling his companion right after the regeneration was probably a bit much um <laughs> but it is what it is you know there's no fixing it unfortunately mm-hmm. but his i mean his doctors always come off as he he you know, he's not the nicest and it's not that he means to be you know 
like all buddy buddy like some other incarnations are like peter davison's doctor you're just like you kind of just want to hang out with him and maybe he'll play cricket or something Mm -hmm. um and you know but but colin's doctor that he's there's always he's always had it always has this kind of air of like you know almost this wall like you know you can get to know him but you're never gonna really get to know him you know there's gonna be walls that you're never gonna break through correct yeah um and you know kind of standoffish and can be you know honestly you know i don't want to say evil but i mean this doctor can be very i don't know what the word i'm looking for is he can be you know aggressive when it comes to trying to solve a problem i mean the valyard accuses him of being violent and Mm -hmm. you know because i I think in the first first story Mm -hmm. um at one point the inquisitor is like why do you keep showing all these violent you know scenes from the matrix and he's like well i'm just showing that the doctor has a pattern of yeah. violence and yeah the you know colin's doctor pops up and he's like you know i object to that you know i'm not violent i may you know use some certain methods and i'm like you remember i mean granted we i think we've all established that it was really an accident but it's like you did knock a guy into a thing of acid yeah uh, <laughs> and you didn't kill a guy with cotton balls and right you know, <laughs> anthrax essentially short and, memory know. there 60 yeah it's like you, this doctor can be violent um but uh he's not he he's not completely heartless is mm-hmm. is the thing you know he does care about his companions and what happens to him I and mean, we see how distraught he is when he sees what happens after he gets pulled out mm-hmm. to to the trial cuz he you know he didn't know what happened right. until it was shown to him and he's obviously very distraught when he thinks that Perry has died, mm-hmm. essentially, because he was not there to save her. Right. And, you know, but I think that's what makes the doctor and especially this incarnation just one of the things I love about him is because it makes the character so complex. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, incarnation since then have had some aspects of that, but really is Capaldi's doctor is the closest. Right. No, definitely. And that's, I think that's one of the reasons, you know, if you were to ask, you know, favorite doctor of all times is going to be six. Now, if you made me separate classic versus new, it would be six and then 12, Uh, but they're very similar in personality. Mm -hmm. It's something I have in other IPs too, or characters that are, you know, a bit more, emotionally complex where mm-hmm. yeah what you know if you can break through those walls and get to know the real them and they reciprocate then you know they're going to be fiercely loyal to you right and are you know you're going to have someone there who's going to have your back till the bitter end but it's breaking through that rough exterior to get there true 
is uh you know it's a lot of work on the companions part <laughs> whoever but you know whichever character you're talking <clears throat> to 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 get through that but it's it, it's very it makes a very compelling storytelling for us as viewers to see that emotional growth for that character because yeah you get i know yeah especially with colin baker's doctor a lot of people were turned off from him Mm because he was just not he you know he's not the the fresh face sweet or you know doctor of peter davison's or the goofy almost clownish of tom baker or Troughton or mm-hmm. you know the the grandfatherly of Hartnell or you know the almost kind of you know esteemed professor scientific like of of Pertwee so Pertwee's kind of a jackass too and he's the he's I'm he I'm the smartest guy be. here yeah he kind of can be but he also you know he's, he's got a soft he's spot soft. for Joe he's got a soft yeah. spot for Joe yeah. um but yeah, no, totally. And I, I like that you talked about him having these walls that that come down, which is very similar to Tom Baker's doctor. But Colin Baker's is a bit more upfront with you're not getting through there. Tom Baker's will trick you to make you think you got there and you're not there mm-hmm. at all. But Colin's is a bit more upfront with that, like, oh, that's not going to happen. Um, or it's going to take a lot to get through here. Tom mm-hmm. Baker's will make you think you're getting through there and you really don't. You didn't yeah. even get close, but and and it's fun <clears throat> with Colin Baker's doctor too, because you you uh, unlike Tom, where you're, it's like you think you've got there and you haven't. Yeah, it's fun to watch with Colin Baker's doctor to be like, you see that the companion has gotten there before he's realized. It. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. All it took was a little carrot juice, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but that's for next time. <laughs> <laughs> That's for next time. But um or Mel. <laughs> yeah, so we are we're now in the trial. We're halfway through. We're back to where we started basically. Um story-wise, but um it's time for Rachel and I to return to the TARDIS to set our coordinates for our next adventure. Rachel, whereabouts in time and space can people find you? You can find me with Gold Standard the Oscars podcast. We're a bi-weekly uh film podcast uh where we are watching and reviewing every single academy award winner for best picture in chronological order and as of this recording we are in the 1970s (laughs) so uh very interesting transitional period for uh hollywood um and gold standard can be found pretty much wherever you can find podcasts and on twitter and facebook Book. just look for gold standard the oscars podcast on uh, twitter i think it's called it's at oscars gold i think that's the mm. handle i don't handle the the twitter <laughs> nick does all that so um you could be then, go std oscars yeah no <laughs> uh pretty sure it's not that yeah <laughs> um and um, then every week you can find me with the Five Ish Fangos podcast. We are a pop culture and entertainment podcast where we talk about all things geeky and nerdy from the FIBA perspective. And you can find us again wherever you find podcasts and at the fiveishfangirls.com where you can connect with all of our social media accounts and my personal ones as well. 
All right. Hashtag RIP Perry B and hashtag send Rachel Sill gifts. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KHD, written work at YSWBlue.com. There is more from the Brandon Peters show this week, including tomorrow, where Rachel and I will be talking Terror of the Vervoids and a new companion joins the TARDIS. But from Old Space here, stay film positive. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.